We have an epidemic these days with pastors and teachers and churches and books and radio shows that do not speak things that are fitting for sound doctrine. If you hear a radio show and you don't hear the Word of God and you hear someone's opinion or his experience about how God did things and that's all you hear, turn it off. Thanks for joining us for this weekend edition of Equipping the Saints with Greg Lundstedt. Equipping the Saints is a daily radio outreach from Equipping Bible Church in Greer, South Carolina. And Greg, your message today reminds us that there is a single key ingredient that must be present in the life of the believer in order for them to grow spiritually. You know, Dave, that's absolutely true. And and without this key ingredient, there is no way to grow in your walk with Jesus Christ. You see, the Christian life must be saturated with this from start to finish so that we will know what the will of God is and how we ought to live our daily lives. So what is this key ingredient? Let's find out. Our text is Titus chapter 2, and we're going to be looking at verse 1. Well, thanks, Greg. Now, today's message is one you'll want to share with a friend. Just tell them to visit etsradio.org. That's etsradio.org. They'll find today's broadcast as well as a host of other archived broadcasts waiting there for them. Our web address again is simply etsradio.org. Now, let's join Greg for today's message. Notice in verse 7, Titus is to be an example of good deeds with purity and doctrine. Titus 2.7, In all things, show yourself to be an example of good deeds with purity in, literally, the doctrine. Your Bibles may have it in italics, or they may say it outright. The doctrine, or doctrine. And then later on, we saw this, as we just read through in verses 9 through 10, urge bond slaves to be subject to their own masters and everything, to be well-pleasing, not argumentative, not pilfering, but showing all good faith, that they may adorn or beautify or make beautiful what? Make beautiful what? The doctrine, the teaching of God our Savior in every respect. Behave this way so that the truth that God has laid forth this teaching would be adorned like a beautiful jewel. Folks, simply put, doctrine is the body of truth revealed in Scripture that is taught rightly. Now, some of you may fancy the idea of doctrine or not, but every church and every believer functions based on some type of teaching or doctrine. No one follows Christ in a vacuum. They follow within teachings from their own mind concerning Christ, or they follow teachings from man, or they follow twisted teachings from the Word, or they follow what God has revealed in His Word. Everybody functions in a relationship with Christ according to teaching or doctrine. Now with this in mind, we see back in our passage, but as for you, chapter 2, verse 1, speak the things which are fitting for sound doctrine. Do you remember what the word sound meant? He modifies the term doctrine because there is a lot of teaching out there, but not all of it is sound. The word speaks of being healthy. It was used most all the time in opposition of someone being sick. Someone is sick, and then they were made healthy. Someone was weak, they were made healthy. He's saying it is healthy, whole, or good. It literally speaks of someone in physically good health as opposed to sickness. And then we get, as I shared a few weeks ago, our word hygiene or hygienic from it. It is healthy or good as opposed to sick. And ultimately, folks, there is 
sound doctrine and unsound doctrine. There's healthy teaching and there is sick teaching. There is healthy doctrine, there is sound doctrine, and there is sick doctrine. Paul would not need to say, Titus, speak only things in accordance with sound doctrine if there was only one type of doctrine. There is unsound doctrine, there is bad teaching, and there is sound teaching. Now with this in mind, in our passage, we're going to see here that sound doctrine is in direct contrast to bad teaching. Again, chapter 2, verse 1. But as for you... Speak the things which are fitting for sound doctrine. Did you notice this verse starts with the term but? It doesn't stand on its own. Chapter 2 is not isolated from what was just spoken of in chapter 1. But, in contrast to what was just said, you, Titus, speak this way. Well, what was just said? We already talked about it. There are many rebellious men, verse 11. They teach things they should not teach for sordid gain. Verse 16, they profess to know God. Verse 14, they're Jewish myths and commandments of men who turn away from the truth. They profess to know God, but by their deeds they deny Him, being detestable and disobedient, worthless for any good deed. There are many bad guys out there teaching bad stuff, but you, Titus, in contrast, don't teach that way. Don't stray only speak things which are fitting for sound doctrine. Does that make sense? There's a contrast. There's, there's bad doctrine, bad guys, warning, warning, warning. Elders, watch out, silence them, expose them, warning. But you, Titus, speak those things which are fitting for sound doctrine. It's hard to recognize this at times, but there's bad teaching out there. There are bad guys out there. Not everybody who says... Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. There will be those who say, did I not do this in your name or that in your name? He's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. There's good teaching and there is bad, twisted teaching. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 14, Peter writes, Therefore, beloved, since you look for these things, he's speaking of the coming of Christ again to bring judgment and righteousness and a new earth and heaven and earth where righteousness dwells. Since you're looking for these things, be diligent to be found in him in peace, spotless and blameless, and regard the patience of our Lord to be salvation. Second Peter three fourteen now 15. Just as also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given to him, wrote to you, verse 16, as also in all his letters, speaking in them these things, and here you go, in which are some things hard to understand which the untaught and unstable distort. Second Peter three sixteen, as they do also the rest of the Scriptures to their own destruction. Peter's word is Scripture, Paul's word is Scripture, and there are the untaught and the unstable who distort it. Unsound doctrine. And the teaching that they teach ultimately does not adorn the truth It speaks against the truth. Folks, God is gracious to protect us from this unsound doctrine, from every wind of doctrine, from strange doctrines. Indeed, God has given pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints so that the church won't be tossed here and there by every wind of doctrine. Ephesians chapter 4, 
Verse 11, and he gave some as apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists and some as pastor teachers for the equipping of the saints. That's the body of Christ. That's not for having all the world come in to be saved. We go to the world. It's for the equipping of the saints. He says here, ultimately, for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ until we attain the goals here, the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. As a result of these men who have been gifted this way, not in their own strength, but by God equipping the saints, as a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves carried by every wind of doctrine. Every wind of teaching. One thing blows this way. Here's the purpose-driven life. Another thing blows this way. Here's the shack. Another thing blows this way. Whatever teaching it is, it blows this way and the church gets blown this way. It blows this way. The church gets blown this way. But God gave these to equip the saints that they wouldn't be carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men. Men are out trying to deceive. It's hard to accept, but God says it. Craftiness in deceitful scheming. Jesus addresses those who had an outward form of religion, but ultimately their hearts were wicked. Matthew 15, verse 8. This people honors me with their lips. They'll sing the songs and they say the right things, but their heart is far away from me. But in vain they do worship me. They were worshiping, they were singing, they were honoring at their lips, but in vain they do so. And here's one of their problems. Teaching as doctrines the precepts of men. Taking man's wisdom and holding people captive, teaching it as though it is God's word. 1 Timothy 1, verse 3. As I urged you on my departure from Macedonia, remain on at Ephesus in order that you may instruct certain men not to teach strange doctrines. Strange doctrines nor to pay attention to myths or endless genealogies which give rise to mere speculation rather than the furthering the administration of God which is by faith. And we saw a couple weeks ago that there are ultimately doctrines that come from deceitful spirits and demons. 1 Timothy 4, But the Spirit explicitly says, In latter times, some will fall away from the faith. They are going to identify with the faith and they are going to fall away. And he says here, paying attention, that's turning your attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons. 1 Timothy 4.1 By means of hypocrisy of liars, seared in their own conscience as with a branding iron. And he gives some of the examples of these bad doctrines just for this time here. Men who forbid marriage and advocate abstaining from certain foods. Those people who come along and say, you've got to do this to be more godly, like not get married, or you need to eat certain foods, these are doctrines of demons. He says these are bad guys. These are bad guys. They're paying attention to demons. This isn't sound doctrine. It's not sound teaching. He says, which God has created to be shared gratefully by those who believe and know the truth. For everything created by God is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with gratitude. For everything created by God, it says, for it is sanctified by the means of the word of God. God says it's okay to eat that, and by prayer, this thankfulness here. 
in pointing out these things to the brethren, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus, constantly nourished on the words of the faith and of sound doctrine, which you have been following. But to have nothing to do with worldly fables fit for old women. You see, old women are more easily tempted to buy into this stuff fit for old women. On the other hand, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. There's all kinds of bad doctrine out there. In contrast to that, Titus, in contrast to that, the stuff that is tossing people all over the place, you alone speak things which are fitting for sound doctrine. Folks, we have an epidemic in churches these days of Bad elders and leaders who have allowed wicked men to creep in, who do not hold fast the word, who do not see the word as sufficient, who do not exhort and refute in sound doctrine, as evidenced by their worldly messages and means. We have an epidemic these days with pastors and teachers and churches and books and radio shows that do not speak things that are fitting for sound doctrine. If you hear a radio show and you don't hear the Word of God and you hear someone's opinion or his experience about how God did things and that's all you hear, turn it off. If he's not teaching sound doctrine, speak things which are fitting for sound doctrine. As a result, we have in the church men who are not who they should be in Christ. We have women who are not who they should be in Christ. They do not grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord. They are tossed to and fro. And the word of God is spoken against rather than adorned. What a shame. It's because people are not obedient to this command that Titus has given. Speak things only fitting for sound doctrine. That's all you should be saying, Titus. That's it. Now, folks, as we go on, we see here that it is not an exhortation. It is a command. Chapter 2, verse 1. But as for you, speak the things which are fitting for sound doctrine. But the word is in the Greek, laleo. It doesn't mean laleo. It means to say. And it's in the present tense. Continually, habitually say the things that are fitting for sound doctrine. And in Greek, it is an imperative command. Titus, you are being commanded to do this. This is a command from God. There's no option. This is a command. In light of the bad guys here, you speak this way. Well, shouldn't we lighten our preaching and add in some things from the world that they could identify with so that we can be relevant to win people to Christ? Shouldn't we add in a few things that they might identify with that we can share and talk with? Isn't that a good idea? No. Habitually, continually speak the things which are fitting for sound doctrine. Well, shouldn't we tell more engaging stories, show video clips that we know people will identify with, dialogue with the congregation rather than preach because they can't stay very long, they don't have an attention span? Shouldn't we do that? Shouldn't we poll people to see what they want in church and then give it to them? No. Speak the things which are fitting for sound doctrine. That's the command. It's really simple. It's not complex. Do you remember what we saw in 1 Peter chapter 4? For those who have speaking gifts, the parameter for anyone in the body of Christ who has been gifted by God to speak, teachers, pastor, teachers, whoever it might be, the parameter here, 1 Peter 4 verse 10, as each one has received a special gift employed in serving one another, this is the body of Christ, not the world, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God, it's by His grace that you can do this, 
whoever speaks, let him speak as it were the oracles of God. If you speak, speak God's word, not the traditions of men claiming them to be doctrines of God. No leeway to do anything else. Why? In contrast, that's what the bad guys do. No leeway. In light of the worthless, detestable, disobedient fakers who profess to know God, teaching things they should not teach for sordid gain, you, Titus, in the opposite, speak the things which are fitting for sound doctrine. In light of them, in contrast, don't do it. Don't do it. Titus is being commanded to habitually, continually speak those things. Okay, I understand sound doctrine now, and I understand that Titus is commanded to do that, but what does he mean by the things that are fitting? What does he mean by that? The term translated, which are fitting, Titus 2 verse 1, is the Greek word prepi from prepo, and it basically means in its very common meaning, that which is clearly seen, being prominent or conspicuous, It used to be used of distinguishing characteristics. It speaks of something and is translated something noticeable or prominent, and it came over time to speak of that which is proper, subtle, or fitting. And you say, well, how did it get from this idea of being that which is noticeable or distinguishing to fitting, proper, or suitable? Let me illustrate this. If you see someone is wearing clothing that does not fit, it is clearly seen that it is not right, right? Or if someone is wearing clothes that fits right, it is clearly noticeable as a distinguishing characteristic of that person. Here we have, Titus says, to only speak the things which are fitting. The distinguishing characteristics of sound doctrine. When people look at you, Titus, it should be sound doctrine. That should be distinguishing you from everyone else. Sound doctrine. In other words, everything he says must be in line with sound doctrine. Everything he says must be clearly seen and distinguishable as sound doctrine. It is the distinguishing characteristic of his speech, which is sound doctrine. And this is so crucial because, in contrast, the fakers don't do it. The detestable, disobedient, worthless for any good deed in God's sight are those who do not preach, teach, and speak in sound doctrine. They're not identified by that. And I find it all the time. What do you like about your pastor or the church? Well, he's really a good speaker. Or he has a heart for the lost. What a shame that they don't say he preaches the word of God. That's what I appreciate about our pastor. The continual habitual preaching of the word of God in sound doctrine. The distinguishing characteristic of them. Titus, you, as for you, Speak those things which are fitting for sound doctrine. Okay, so I understand that. I understand that's what he's supposed to do. But why is it so important that he teaches in accordance with sound doctrine? Why is this so important? First of all, we saw the dangers with the bad guys in contrast, right? But secondly, I believe we're going to see in the context of this entire chapter that sound doctrine, the Word of God, rightly taught, is the foundation for what we are to be in Christ. It's the foundation for what we are to be in Christ. You say, well, how can I say that? I believe the context of chapter 2 demands this interpretation. Let's take a look here. Okay, again in verse 1, Titus is commanded to habitually, continually speak the things which are fitting for sound doctrine. 
Then skip down to verse 15. These things speak and exhort and reprove with all authority. Let no one disregard you. Okay, these things, right? Well, what has he just said? What are the things he just referred to in verse 15? They're what he shared in verses 12 through 14. That's what those things are. Titus, here, sound doctrine. Sound doctrine are his instructions from the word of God concerning how we are to live. It is the basis for who we are to be. It's the basis. Verse 2 through 14 are the things he is to speak. The sound doctrine. It's instruction on who we are to be based on a relationship with Jesus Christ who is instructing us to do these things. Titus, only speak proper sound doctrine. Verse 1, and here you go. Here's the sound doctrine. Let's look at verse 2. Older men are to be temperate, dignified, sensible, sound in faith, love, perseverance. Older women likewise are to be. And you go down, verse 5, the younger women are to be. You see, verse 6, likewise urge the young men to be. And he goes on down, you see, just this instruction on what we are to be because, verse 11, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men. And it's instructing us now to deny ungodliness. Speak things which are only fitting for sound doctrine, Titus. And we see these things in verses 12 through 14. The sound doctrine he is to speak and let no one disregard him. Folks, as we will see in the next few weeks, Lord willing, the foundation for who we are in Christ as right now old men, old women, Young women, young men, bond slaves, for the foundation for who we are to be is sound doctrine. The Word of God is the foundation for what God wants us to be. Therefore, Titus, that's all you should be speaking, right? Does that make sense? That's it. The bad guys don't do that. In contrast, you, Titus, do that. It is the foundation for who we are to be. It is the Word of God working through the grace of God in Christ Jesus. That's the Christian life. That's the Christian life. The word of God through the grace of God in Christ Jesus brought us into the family. It is the word of God through the grace of God in the person of Christ Jesus, a personal relationship with him, that we are able to be who he wants us to be. It's so simple yet so disregarded these days in the church. It is the rightly divided word of God, sound doctrine, sound teaching that God uses to make us like Christ. That's just what he does. Forget any preaching, teaching, or radio show that doesn't bring forth sound doctrine. If it's man's opinion based on his experience of some sound doctrine, maybe, if it's about man's issues. I mean, I was listening to this family show this weekend, driving to our men's study, and they had a guest on, and he was talking about how there was an interaction between ultimately the men of God in the inner cities and the other men and different things, and he was basically trying to teach from these interactions rather than sharing the Word of God. It was boiling my spiritual blood as I was listening to it because it was totally unprofitable. It was just worthless talk. He could have shared the Word of God and he could have taught it, and we could have been edified and built up and made more like Christ, but he didn't. It's really sad. If you've just joined us, you've been listening to Equipping the Saints with Greg Lundstedt. You can hear today's message again by visiting our website, etsradio.org. That's etsradio.org. 
CDs of today's message or other messages are available at our website as well. And as a part of the ministry of Equipping the Saints, all our audio resources are available at no cost to you, thanks to the Lord's provision through the faithful support of friends of this broadcast. To order your complimentary CD, call us toll-free 1-800-596-9144. That's 800-596-9144. If you prefer to request your complimentary CD by email, our email address is contact at etsradio.org. Greg, as we wrap up today's broadcast, help me understand in a few sentences what sound doctrine is. You see, Dave, sound doctrine is healthy teaching. In essence, it's the Word of God divided rightly, as it's intended by the Spirit of God which brought it forth. It's reading and listening and learning the Scripture in its right context. And and it's more than just a mere uh, reading a verse here or there in the morning and rushing off in your day. It's taking the time to study God's Word with a, with a humble heart, willing to allow it to change you. And it's an understanding that God's Word is truly the single source for all wisdom in your life. Now, my friend, is God's Word primary in your life? Is it the single source for your wisdom and walk with Jesus Christ? If it isn't, take time today to confess and commit to becoming a student of the Word, hiding it in your heart like never before, and then live by that sound, healthy teaching in all that you do. As we close today's broadcast, it's our prayer that the Word of God has done its work in your life and that you've been challenged and encouraged to follow Christ more closely. If you're receiving spiritual benefit from equipping the saints, would you prayerfully consider sending a gift today? Every gift makes a difference. No gift is too small, and every dollar is put right back into the ministry. To send a gift to Equipping the Saints, call us toll-free at 1-800-596-9144. That's 800-596-9144. If you prefer to donate online, our web address is etsradio.org. That's etsradio.org. Well, we hope you'll make plans to join us again next time, right here for another edition of Equipping the Saints.